Well, before I, I begin my homily, properly speaking, I'd just like to draw your attention to the bulletin boards around St. Mary's here and to notice the flyers. On these different flyers, we have a lot of events. Uh, and there's also notification of extended hours for the Sacrament of Reconciliation uh, for Advent. So please take advantage of that. And also next Sunday evening, I'll be giving a presentation for, for a women's meeting at the Case Mansion. Uh, at 6.30 p.m. So if you'd like to come and join us, uh, please call Tyburn Academy to have your seat reserved. And then finally, to just to draw your attention as well, you'll see uh, one of the flyers in the bulletin boards has to do with the Bible study that I'm offering on Wednesday evenings. And I encourage you to, uh, if you can't make it on Wednesday evenings, to try to follow along via the Internet. I've, I've put the material and recordings up on the Internet, and the website is posted there on the bulletin board. So check that out. Well, I'd like to draw your attention uh, to our first reading today from the prophet Isaiah, who's prophesying hundreds of years before the birth of our Savior. And this is what he says. Uh, this is a section from our first reading. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down with the mountains quaking before you. While you wrought awesome deeds we could not hope for, such as they had not heard of from of old. No ear has ever heard, no eye ever seen any God but you doing such deeds for those who wait for him. Doing such deeds for those who wait for him. What are the deeds that God does for those who wait for him? Deeds that could not be hoped for. Deeds that have not been heard of from of old. Isaiah the prophet here is asking God to descend from heaven in a manner unheard of, unhoped for, unexpected, in a manner that couldn't be anticipated or imagined by the heart and the mind of the human person. And that, that prayer of his was fulfilled hundreds of years later when God descended into the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary and became incarnate and dwelt among us as a true human being, as Emmanuel, God with us. That is the deed that could not be anticipated, could not be expected. Uh, an incredible divine surprise, the Incarnation. An incredible divine surprise. And I contrast this surprise, this unanticipated, unimagined event that is the true Christmas over against a Christmas that has come about uh, really at the hands of man. It's a creation of human beings. It's a Christmas that doesn't include Advent. There's a Christmas that we celebrate today all across America that doesn't include Jesus Christ. And it's, uh, it's really a result of the commercialization of, of what is, in truth, the sacred and holy feast day that's been given to us by God. And this kind of created Christmas starts around now, and it goes all throughout December, and it consists of a lot of uh, feasts and eating. And then it comes to a very abrupt end on December 25th. 
which is the day of Christmas. It's, a, it's kind of a strange anomaly, but that's how it happens. And it leaves many people kind of depressed and very empty feeling. Now, there's, there's a number of reasons for uh, the, the Christmas blues that people often experience. But I think one of the primary reasons behind the Christmas blues, why people are actually depressed oftentimes around this time of the year, is because they have created a false idea of Christmas, and they haven't appropriated, and they haven't appreciated and embraced the Christmas that God has given us. A Christmas that's so surprising that could not have been created by, by a human being. A Christmas unanticipated. Something that's truly a creation of God. And that Christmas is different from the man-made Christmas. That Christmas, the one that God has given us, it begins on December 25th. December 25th, properly speaking, is the beginning of the Christmas season. And it lasts 12 days all the way to the Epiphany on January 6th. And that Christmas, it's then at that time that we feast and that we celebrate the birth of our Savior. But that celebration is preceded by a very important period of preparation, and that's Advent. And that's what we begin today. And so we need to prepare for the coming of Christ. It's not party time quite yet. And uh, Advent is a time for us to silence ourselves and to dispose ourselves to receive that event that we could not anticipate, that we could not expect, that divine surprise. We need to silence ourselves. We need to place ourselves before the Lord and prepare for what He has for us. Not for what we've created or produced or generated out of our own resources or idealism, but we need to prepare and dispose ourselves for what He has for us. And while not being a holy penitential season like the season of Lent, Advent still has a penitential dimension to it. This is why the, the, the liturgical color is purple. This is why we don't say the Gloria in the beginning of Mass. There is a, a penitential aspect to it, and it's a good thing to, like Lent, give up something, spend more time uh, maybe uh, in prayer and in penitential exercises, thinking about the poor, contributing to uh, worthwhile social causes. That is, uh, that is how to truly spend our Advent. You see, the wisdom of God, God's plan, God's creation, God's work is manifest to us through our liturgical year and through our liturgical calendar. And we have this alteration, it's a very beautiful alteration between feast and fast. Feast and fast. And the, fa the feast is always preceded by a fast. The fast is, as it were, a foil for the feast. If you can think of a, a diamond ring, and every jeweler knows that underneath the diamond ring you're supposed to put a piece of foil. And that foil highlights the beauty of the, the diamond and makes it glorious, it makes it uh, reflect light, it makes it full of splendor. And so... Also, the feasts, I'm sorry, the fasts in our liturgical calendar are like the foil to our feasts. Without the fasts, our feasts would not be as glorious and joyful uh, as they are intended by God to be. And so if we make everything a feast day, there's no more feasts. It all gets leveled out and there's no more joy. 
So if we want joy this Christmas, let us take this Advent season very seriously and uh, let us prepare for that wonderful event of Christmas which we could not have hoped for or anticipated or created.